Hello again, welcome again back to the Waffle Press Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Diego Crespo. We are not in studio today. We're over Hangouts, like a uh, retrospective of some kind, but we're not here to talk about any old movie news or movie discussions. We're here to talk about the stuff that's happening in the now on the Waffle Press Movie Podcast. Thank you again, mm-hmm. yeah, podcast. Oh my God. Gene, what was, what, what's wrong with my mouth? Probably drunk. I'm not. I haven't had a drop of alcohol in 24 hours, so joke's on you. Okay. Also, that's Gene, everyone. My hey, co-host and friend. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How's your weekend? It's a good weekend. I was, uh, went to uh, see Dunkirk again. It was great. Still great. Still my favorite film of the year. It's a worthy choice. Nolan yeah. directed the shit out of that, and I would be shocked if he didn't get a Best Director's nomination out of that I movie. So. Yeah, he, yeah. yeah, that movie yeah. just rules. Um, and I, I, I really want to see how it plays on home video, because I saw it on a big screen and mm-hmm. a smaller big screen, and both times I was just rocked. Just, my world was rocked. It was, it was yeah. amazing. Good stuff. Good, good, yeah, exactly. Good stuff. Uh, and we're going to talk about some more good stuff in a little bit. But first, we're going to talk about some movie news, which is not really dealing with good stuff. Um, mm. I'm sure everyone's aware of the allegations and, and uh, claims against an abundant group of actors who have uh, sexually harassed and sexually assaulted a number of people throughout many years in the industry. Some of them are more open secrets. Others are kind of shocking and they're all very disappointing and uh, one of the fallouts of these instances is uh, Ridley Scott's upcoming film All the Money in the World is reshooting every scene with Kevin Spacey without yeah. Kevin Spacey because fuck that guy yeah. uh, they're replacing him with Christopher Plummer who is a fantastic actor and not a creep mm-hmm. as far as we know so good on them uh, for everyone who doesn't know when this movie comes out because it hasn't really been marketed that much yet. Uh, yeah, I, d- I didn't know, actually. Yeah, All the Money in the World comes out December 22nd. So this is a really so, tight window. And the fact that everyone involved with the making of the film decided that, yes, we're going to commit to this. Um, I want to applaud their work. I don't know how they'll pull it off. but Well, it's Ridley Scott. He'll pull it's it Ridley off. Scott. And the guy just doesn't stop making movies anyway. So you know what? Fuck Nine it. Nine years old. What was or that? No, 79 years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 79 years old, which is... Fuck, that guy's a machine. I wish I had that much energy, and I'm, I'm nowhere near 79 years old. Um, so, first off, Gene, mm-hmm. uh, what are your thoughts on, on all this, all the money in the world reshoots, and then we could talk about the broader systemic issue at hand. Sure. I'm very uh, proud to be a Ridley Scott fan. If he is... Uh you know, committing to trying to do the right thing that much, um, you know, good on him. It's a very monumental task to reshoot all of that because that's, it's not, you know, like getting, getting money and like going back and like um, filming, you know, filming everything, like just getting the okay. It's also kind of like replicating the lighting and, all the production design in his scenes again and like trying to make it, you know, fit in with the rest of the film, making sure everyone's available. And yeah, that's, you know, that's pretty crazy to even think about that, to like reshoot that. Um, just, just the idea of reshooting that uh, regardless of the deadline. Um, but, you know, that's a very ballsy move and, you know, um, really Scott, is a crazy madman, so I'm sure he could pull it off. Um, yeah, it's um, unprecedented. Um, I don't think there's ever been something like this in Hollywood. And you know, um, yeah, just good on them for for deciding to uh, do the right thing. Yeah, uh, I, I'm glad that there are consequences to all these people's actions. Obviously, people like Harvey Weinstein. Like this, this is this is everywhere in the industry. Right. And it's it's very unfortunate, but it's good that things are coming to light at, in the very least. It's unfortunate mm-hmm. continuously that they these things persist, 
and that right. people have to even call out these allegations. They they yeah. shouldn't they shouldn't be, you know, just allegate. They they shouldn't be happening. But at least things are coming to fruition, and it looks like it's going to lead to at least a better future. So right. that's that's good that people aren't yeah. taking a. Um, aren't standing idling by. Also, uh, smaller news, but uh, Gal Gadot is apparently not signed on for Wonder Woman 2 officially yet, and she will not sign on for Wonder Woman 2 if Brett Ratner doesn't step away from the film's production entirely. Because his his company, Rat Pack, produced it. So I also want to applaud that notion, because hell yeah. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah, that's that's awesome. That's a total Wonder Woman thing to do. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's uh, that I agree. Um, yeah, Rat, yeah, Rat Pack was. Uh, they've pretty much financed all the DC films um, from BVS, right? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, for Brett Ratner, you know, it was, um, you know, he kind of like everyone. If you, yeah, that was like an untold secret because if you look at like uh, stuff, or excuse me, like interviews of him on attack, or excuse me, from like Olivia Munn's excuse me, X, like stuff from her book where it was like really hinted that it was Brett Ratner who was, uh, she had like some stories about a unnamed producer and he really fit that bill. And, you know, you'd always hear, um, you'd always hear like articles and excuse me, like, uh, excuse me, leaked uh, stories about him and just kind of how, you know, uh, how much of a, like a creeper, you know, just a creepy, you know, uh, the pervy dude he was um and i mean you know it's it's really good that he's getting his you know he, they're getting him off wonder woman especially because that's uh that's very cool to have that on there but i mean you know it's you know a lot of it is like uh, i'm glad people are taking a stand because you know i don't feel everyone was oblivious you know like stuff like kevin spacey like um stories about him but like you know i just felt like people didn't look close enough you know they uh just didn't have that um they didn't have like um the foresight to uh you know see why this is wrong and you know it's good that you know kind of people are waking up to a sort of uh systematic problem like that yeah and it's it's important to just keep supporting all these people that are coming out and saying you know these these really tragic circumstances that have befallen them from these people who mm-hmm. are just hideous, disgusting human beings. Yeah, um, just we all got to do our part to be better and to right. to listen when people say, "Hey, there's a problem here," right? And uh, keep an eye out, pay attention, and and always try to better the world around you by being the best you that you can be and mm-hmm. allowing other people to to feel comfortable in the workplace and. You know, also just don't whip your dick out. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Don't, don't be a fucking creep. Yeah, please. Uh, But that's that. that, That's going to be an ongoing issue, and I I sincerely believe that it is going to get better after the rest of this stuff comes out. And you know, nothing's ever going to be 100 percent perfect, but we all got to do our part to make it better Mm -hmm. for the future. Yeah, because you know, there's a lot of uh, you know good people and that I work with or in the film industry that, you know, that are, you know, decent people. And, you know, it's, um, you, you, you get a sense like working who the, you know, who to avoid, you know, if, if you're really trying to make a go of it, um, in film, like you get like, like if, if you, if you like surround yourself, you know, around in the industry, like you kind of have like a spider sense to avoid certain film, uh, people. But it's, you know, it's just very disappointing that, you know, you, you would, you know, you kind of see that, but then, like, you realize how, like, uh, rampant it is. I mean, I hate to, uh, I don't want to sound uh, uh, downplaying anything, but, you know, it's like in the scene in It, where they take on the, they put on the glasses, you know? Yeah. It kind of feels like that right now. Well, I mean, It itself is also... Uh, oh, not It, uh, They Live... Oh, okay. I was like, yeah. Was I don't remember the glasses scene, but I I can tell you were going with it. But it yeah, and they right. live are about systemic issues in society and their own very different ways. You know, it's about the perspective of the children, and then they live is about the perspective on like capitalism and corporations and such. Mm-hmm. And 
all all these different angles actually do comprise a very scary sense of what is actually happening in a mm-hmm. way. So good on you for bringing up that that perspective. Um, but yeah. we got to move on because mm-hmm. our show is not entirely about that. But please uh, keep listening, keep trying to do better, and hear people out who call things out. Yeah. Uh, but moving on in our show, uh, there's some other different weird news, but it, it's not... It's troubling, but not in in the in that sense. Not in the so much personal sense as much as it is a business sense. Uh, George Miller is suing Warner Brothers. Uh, Gene, remember, I'm going to explain this this to you right now. This is a, a wild story. I had no idea about uh, mm-hmm. George Miller, director of Mad Max: Fear Road. Every Mad Max movie, as well as Happy Feet, Happy Feet Two, Babe, Pig in the City. The guy's got a resume, to say the least. Um, is suing Warner Brothers because of a uh he he was supposed to include a be included a seven million dollar bonus from the production of Mad Max Fury Road after the final net costs went more than what were originally planned. Uh Warner Brothers decided that they were not going to pay that money to him mm-hmm. uh because they argued that it was a quote unquote fault in their calculation. So why would they pay him for something that he went over budget for? Regardless of awards recognition, uh, it's it's one of the most acclaimed films ever made, not just of a specific genre, but whatever made its money back at the box office. Um, and so they they're claiming it was a breach of contract, while it 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 just wasn't. So yeah. this is a weird situation, and I uh, I I back George Miller on this. He went over budget, but it's not like he doubled. His budget, like something like Empire Strikes Back or something, you know, which yeah. of course also made its money back, and that didn't even have. That's a whole other set of issues. So maybe I shouldn't have even brought that up. But what are your thoughts on this, Gene? Um, I was a little worried that uh, Wasteland, the Long Gerbered Wasteland, wouldn't happen, but it seems like uh, this would uh, kind of help production on that, perhaps go faster. You were saying. I I hope it's resolved so that that can happen. Oh, okay. And. Um, yeah. Yeah, it yeah, seems that's... like a it seems like a very um like a very um kind of cheap thing to do for Warner Brothers, I guess. And you know, I, I don't think it's a breach of contract. Breach of contract would if if he went over, they would have like they would have like when he was filming, they would have uh, told him right then and there that it's a fucking breach of contract. So I I really disagree in their assessment on him so yeah it just seems like they're just trying to hardball him and be cheap yeah um also there's this is from cinema blend making the suit more complicated is an issue also involving warner brothers co-financing agreement with brett ratner's production company rat pack entertainment part of the kennedy miller mitchell agreement with warner brothers reportedly included a clause that said the former would be given the opportunity to finance the project would the latter start searching for another co-financer by bringing in Rat Pack Entertainment, which brought 12.5% of the project's funding, Kennedy Miller Mitchell argues that WB was in breach. Hmm. So it's a complicated issue, but just pay your worker. I mean, at the end of the day, in, in the broadest like example of this sort of situation, you say you're going to pay workers a certain wage for hmm. a job, you pay them a certain wage if, if they didn't do it properly, you can discuss that furthermore. But not only was it done properly, maybe a little over budget, but I, I think this movie blew everyone's expectations away, you know, as yeah. well as making budget, the money back in the box office. So just don't, don't be a dick. At the end of the day, this is what all these news stories come down to. Just don't be a dick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, come on, guys. I don't know. It's... Uh, disappointing story. I, I hope that gets sorted out really well. Any other thoughts on that, Gene? Uh, well, I just hope uh, George Miller has a good lawyer. Yeah, sure and uh, I, I I hope he gets to make more movies soon, regardless if it's Mad Max or whatever. That guy, he he's far too talented to have the short resume that he does, and he's made plenty of movies, but he, he's got plenty more in him. You you can tell. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, fun movie news time. Uh, I hope you like Star Wars, Gene. I know you do. We've seen like all of them together at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Well, you're going to see a couple more together because Ryan Johnson, who declined to direct episode nine, from my understanding, is not maybe not have fully declined episode nine at all because he's directing another entire Star Wars trilogy, or rather, he's guiding, much like George Lucas did with the original Star Wars trilogy. Mm-hmm. He's writing and directing the first film and establishing a separate trilogy from the Skywalker legacy. So that can mean an abundance of things, but the statement from Kathleen Kennedy and, and StarWars.com is that this trilogy will explore untapped potential corners of the galaxy that we know. So what that tells me is that it's probably something along the lines of an Old Republic type story, like prequels thousands and thousands of years before anything happened. Yeah. So they could do whatever. Uh, Gene, what are your thoughts on this story? I am very excited by this. I want Ryan Johnson to direct everything. So the fact he's doing like a Star Wars film, another Star Wars film is exciting me. Um, yeah, I could see it um, in the new, in the old Republic. I mean, yeah, at this point, any era besides the uh, era, the em- the era of the Empire in between three and four is uh, I would really hope they would do, you know, anything besides that. Cause it's a little uh, kind of being uh, milked with uh, especially Han Solo coming out or solo, a star Wars story. Um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's uh, yeah. Very exciting news. Um, you know, him, him not being bound to any uh, sort of uh, kind of, well, I mean, he had a lot of independence on uh, Last Jedi, I'm sure. Um, but like him kind of getting free reign on any sort of uh, story he wants is uh, the coolest uh, thing to happen to this franchise. So I can't wait. Yeah, and it kind of feels like the what everyone thought when these new Star Wars movies were announced, along with the spinoffs, mm-hmm. was that, you know you're going to get these really creative voices to go and make their own stories in their, in the star Wars sandbox, you know? Yeah. And it feels like a fruition of that dream and idea in, in a cool way, you know, I'm sure he's not doing episode nine cause that's gotta be the trilogy closer now, but he's mm-hmm. going to make his own story in the universe. I mean, that, that's like, that feels like, like, like the dream, Yeah. you know? And so that, that is so cool. Uh, I do hope that they bring in, uh, other voices that are that are not just strictly white male directors. Ryan Johnson's one of my favorites. You know how much I love Looper, Brick, Brothers Bloom, JJ mm-hmm. Abrams. Love that guy too. But you know, maybe like some Ava DuVernay's. You know, yeah. uh, some Alfonso Cuarón's. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm sure she'll she'll eventually have a Star Wars spinoff since her uh, relationship with Disney and Abrams seems to be uh, very tight. So I, I wouldn't doubt that. Um, specifically for that but yeah i mean uh yeah it should definitely have uh different voices um i mean it's understandable for nine how it went back to abrams that's uh you know that's not to debate um but yeah i mean it, it would be nice uh to have that and uh there's been very uh limited uh very limited amount of people that have actually directed a star wars film so it's a small pool of uh you know talent yeah, it, it really is. And, um, like, I, I, it's just funny that you, you'd think the spinoffs would be where they're like, oh, yeah, run wild with our creations. And mm-hmm. that really has not been the case. It feels like it's been the opposite of that, where the, the trilogy series is supposed to be where the directors are, like, flourishing, mostly Abrams and Brian Johnson so far. Yeah. But, um, I mean, Gareth, Gareth Edwards had, had his movie, and Tony Gilroy came in to help his movie. Um, okay. And uh, everyone else is kind of in flux. I, I doubt anyone will walk away from Solo being like, that was definitely a Ron Howard movie. Uh, it's, it's not. It's really a Lucasfilm movie now. It's really a right. Lucasfilm Disney movie. And doesn't mean it's going to be any worse or better than it would have been previously. Mm-hmm. It just, uh, that, one, that one has the mark of, of corporate uh, that the other movies do not at this time. Um, yeah. But yeah, this the Ryan Johnson news is super exciting, and I I can't even imagine the confidence level that they must have with him before his Star Wars movie comes out. And be like, oh yeah, we gave him another three mm-hmm. movies because we liked the Last Jedi so much and what he did with it. Like that's fucking bold. 
Yeah, yeah, I think it's a. Uh, it gives me a lot of hope that the Last Jedi will probably be the best of the trilogy. So, yeah, I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's quite the uh, quite the move for him. Yeah, I I just can't freaking wait. Um, nor can I wait for the Last Jedi. Not so eager anticipation for, given my response to previous entries in this franchise. Minus one, uh, the Justice League movie is coming out in two weeks. And mm-hmm. I have really no strong feelings about it, which is weird because I love the Justice League and I love superheroes mm-hmm. and I love characters I have, like Wonder Woman no, and Cyborg. Yeah, I have no strong feelings one way or the other. Yeah, it's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've been meaning to, to check out some quality writing on Batman versus Superman. There's a couple. I will. I know a couple of people that have written really great stuff on it. Check out Richard Newby from Audiences Everywhere, uh, Josh Rosenfield, who joined me for the Stranger Things podcast. Uh, also, Audiences Everywhere. This isn't biased. I'm just saying where I've read the quality stuff on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there was a piece in the Village Voice, if I'm not mistaken, but the, um, that one wasn't positive. I'm just trying to get like some perspective, and so I can get in the right mindset when I revisit it because I really want to give the extended cut a chance. Because I yeah. did not like the actual cut at all. I, like, to... I, I might have liked it even less than Man of Steel. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to get drunk and watch that extended cut. Maybe. I don't know. I Maybe a commentary on it. Maybe a commentary. Um, I don't know. Um, I really I want to, to get into it, but I, I have not been able to with the exception of Wonder Woman. So, mm-hmm. Gene, what are your thoughts on anticipating Justice League? Uh, I've, I've been cautious on it um, for like a year or so, I was very hesitant to get my hopes up, especially after BVS. Um, BVS really broke my heart, and don't want to feel that pain again. Uh, but Justice League, uh, you know the uh, Heroes trailer when they did the cover of the David Bowie song, uh, that was uh, made me like, oh, maybe this could be, uh, this could actually be good. Maybe I'll actually like it. Uh, maybe Batman won't be murdering people all the time, um, but uh, I, I am going to see it. I am going to maybe spend not a huge amount of money in it to see it, but maybe like a nice matination um, to see it. But uh, yeah, I mean, it. I ha- my uh, my thoughts on it have been more positive uh, as of late. And um, I'm interested to see how it'll turn out with all the reshoots and kind of the changing of tone where it's less dark and serious. Um, and they look to do, be doing more heroic things. Um, and yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm just, I just want to see it at this point. And I'll go in with an open, open mind at least. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm going to see it. Okay. I've, I, I, I really don't because I just have, I just have no interest. I, I want to see other things that are coming out, like, like Call Geo Me Disaster. by Your Name, um, like Geo Disaster, and like Geo Geo Storm and Geo Disaster, both of them. I, I'll watch both of them again. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I, I just, it feels weird, and I'm, I'm not trying to, to stir up the pot or anything. Just, uh, the reactions that have come out already, not full written reviews because the official review embargo is still up for a little while longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually don't know when it drops after this episode goes up for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. But the tweet reactions are mostly, I'm going to quote some right now from, here's one from Jermaine Lucier. Justice League, it's okay. Narratively, it's a mess. The stakes don't work and the villain isn't great. However, the heroes are great. It's funny. They're surprisingly effective character work. I didn't love it, but there are enough good pieces to excite me for the future. Uh, Josh L. Dickey at JLD Light. Nothing could save Justice League from its loud, ugly, tacky self. Not Wonder Woman, not Wide-Eyed Ezra Miller, not Josh Whedon's quippy teardown rebuild. And Henry Cavill's mustache is an actual issue. They gave him uncanny valley face. Oof, guys, it's a rough ride. Okay, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not picking out the ones that, that are more negative. I'm just scrolling through them right now. They gave um, Henry Cavill what? Uncanny valley face. You know, like, uh, like the late Peter Welling in Rogue One, how you, can, you know it's not real. 
And oh. even though it looks real, you your mind can recognize that it's not. Okay. Uh, at Eric Davis, Justice League is better than BVS and Suicide Squad. It's le- lean, mean, and packed with superhero action. I dug most of its lighter moments, and I think it has one of the best action sequences ever done in a DCEU movie. And, of course, Wonder Woman steals the show. And that feels like the most positive one to me. Uh, there's a lot more, but I'm not going to read all of them because I this is not what the show's about. Yeah, uh, we'll be spending a whole episode talking about it. Hopefully, with a, a fan of BVS, if if that person is available for our episode recording. So fingers crossed on that. Um, but the reactions to me read mostly like, "Yeah, it's okay. It's fun. It sounds like the the generic uh, initial Marvel movie review reactions, you know, or like, oh yeah, it's fun." Like, villain sucks, but it's fun. I had a good time right. when I was watching it. Well, what were you expecting with Steppenwolf? I've okay. Can we talk about that for a second? Sure. That's so weird to me that Steppenwolf is the villain of a Justice League movie. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh man, is it Darkseid? Is it the Joker? Is it Brainiac? Is it Lex Luthor? Is it is it uh, I don't know, White Martians? No, it's Steppenwolf. <laughs> All right. <laughs> like, um, I don't know what I'm concerned about. Because, you know, I think on when I rewatch BVS, I think I can at least jive with the fact that it's fucking insane and Zack Snyder's specific vision. Yeah. It's uncompromisingly Zack Snyder's vision. Uh, I don't like when movies feel like a hodgepodge clusterfuck of things so much, you know? Like, look at the difference between the first Wolverine movie, the second Wolverine movie, and the third one. Each one got more specific in what the director wanted to do the first one is clearly just like we got to set up everything for spin-off movies and then that movie is awful the wolverine is pretty damn good until the ending and then logan they're just like wild the entire fuck out make a best picture worthy movie mm. and it's incredible i mean it's like going from phantom menace to attack of the clones attack of the clones is heavily compromised very reactionary phantom menace and revenge of the Sith. Say what you want about them. George Lucas wanted to make those movies, you know? And you can tell the difference when someone wants to do something their way and mm-hmm. when they kind of have to retroactively, quote-unquote, fix their movie. It's like when autocorrect fucks up your whatever sentence you're typing, you know? <laughs> it doesn't always help you. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an equation you plug in numbers to. It's not human interaction. It's not art. So... Yeah. Yeah, for whatever the future holds for movies like Justice League, the DC movie specifically, I hope that they at least get people with a vision and they let them make what they want to make, you know? Which is apparently what the direction that the movies are headed afterwards because they pretty much nixed Justice League Part 2. I'm sure there will be a second one down the line, but it's not going to be the arrival of Dark Side uh, as prophesized from... BVS, at least not that version of it. So be slightly different, I'm sure. Yeah. So I I don't know. I don't know. The the future is at least has me intrigued. Yes. I'm still looking forward to Aquaman a whole lot because I'm really excited for James Wan's Raiders of the Lost Ark with Aquaman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I am excited for the Batman. Oh yeah, that too. Fuck. Yeah. And some other stuff uh, slated to appear, but uh, yeah, we'll just see how it goes. I do hope Darkseid comes in and he's voiced by Michael Ironside. That's, That's too hope. perfect, but I, I would settle for Ron Perlman, who okay. I very much wanted as Thanos. So mm-hmm. th- Darkseid is the more interesting Thanos. So if they can get that, I'll be very happy. Yeah. Um, and and again, <laughs> I don't want to spend too much more time on the DC stuff because we're going to spend a whole episode over Justice League and whatnot. But like, Darkseid is such a fascinating villain you could right. spend a dozen movies building him up and it'd be worth it. Where Thanos right. is, is interesting, but you don't need that much buildup for him. And they've spent 22 movies building him up before his appearance, like full-on yeah. appearance. So. Yeah, because Darkseid's pretty much Thanos with all the, all the insecurities. Yeah, he's a, he's a space dictator. Mm-hmm. He's, he's space fucking Hitler. Yeah. You know, like it's scary and, and weird. Well, it's more and, like a, like a Kim Jong or something in how the how apocalypse is basically like they worship him and he can't do any wrong, I would say. Heal or own? Uh like uh, Kim Jong un. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I would I would agree with that. Yeah. 
good good point. Uh, maybe maybe Il could just because he's more uh, at least it sounds weird to say fitted to run a country, but compared to Un. Oh, uh, yeah, know. sure. Okay, <laughs> but uh, enough of that. Dark Side's great. Read everything Dark Side. He's a baby now in the comics, apparently, which is amazing mm-hmm. and makes me very happy. Um, but now we're going to move on to a, a different little segment because it's Thanksgiving month, and Thanksgiving's a weird holiday, mostly because of uh, colonialism and imperialism and scary things that ruined indigenous cultures to Native America. So we're going to talk definitely about Thor Ragnarok, which is surprisingly about the sins of colonialism and imperialism, Mm -hmm. but also movies we're thankful for this year. So let's pick one to talk about each. Gene, do you have a pick or you want me to go first? I'll let you go first. All right. Uh, I'm going to be thankful for Personal Shopper, Mm, a movie that's very near and dear to my heart. And honestly, one of the most fascinating uh, portrayals and intricate, like detailed uh, experiences in regards to living with grief and depression and human connection through the really weird, it's a weird ass movie. You saw it with me, Gene. There's a whole yes. like 10 to 15 minute long sequence. Uh-huh. Where there's, no, there's no dialogue and you're seeing basically a whole exchange over text message that goes from creepy. Like it's, it's creepy the whole time. Yes. It, it's it's cocky and how it weaves through genres almost. Mm-hmm. And different tones where it's it's creepy the whole way, but it transitioned into kind of this eerie foreplay almost, and then like this power play and power struggle, and it's just it, it's a fascinating, fascinating little movie. And uh, Kristen Stewart in a perfect world would get a Best Actress nomination, but because it's Kristen Stewart, they will not give it to her because she's never gotten her recognition from the Academy. Yeah, uh, and this movie came too early in the year, so that that's a personal thing. Uh, and also, her second uh, team up with director Olivier Assayas, uh, who also made Clouds of Sils and Maria, another film I adored. And I want these two to keep making movies together forever because every time they do, they they make uh, one of my new favorite movies. Mm-hmm. So check it out if you haven't. I, I really really adore this movie. It's on the Criterion Collection. Thank God, it deserves <laughs> it. Yeah, that was a good choice. Uh, Thank you. Also, it was a yeah. What about you, Eugene? Uh, well, there are a few choices that I could choose, but I could only choose one. Yes. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's all uh, right. <laughs> uh, but I will go with uh, Kong Skull Island because. All right. All right. Um, yeah, I think Kong was one of the perfect monster movies for me. Just for me, not you. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. You're thankful for it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was very surprising um, because I'm more of a Godzilla person than a Kong person, just character-wise. Because Godzilla is a lot more uh, interesting as a character. Um, but yeah, I think the um, backstory they gave Kong and I'm just talking about how they portrayed the monster, um, regardless of the other legendary films. Uh, I I really enjoyed, um, you know, just the whole aesthetic of that movie being in the 70s and just having a uh, something you haven't seen in a monster film before. Uh, Vietnam with Kong is, uh, you know, particularly cool, at least for me, to see that. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I just love Jordan Voight Roberts as a director, um, and it was uh, yeah, very creatively uh, inspired me a little bit. And I uh, yeah, just have that's in my top ten for f- films, and I'll say I'm grateful for that, especially. Yeah, I, I respect that because I I want to check it out again because I was so in the bag for that movie. I don't. I don't know if you remember how excited I was to see that movie. I thought that was going to be, like, my movie of the year. Uh The most Diego movie. Yeah. Uh, And I I did not get that. There's individual segments I really loved, Mm -hmm. and then other stuff that I was just very frustrated by. Uh, I didn't hate it, though. Just I I was really frustrated because it felt like it kept me at an arm's distance. Okay. But the arm's distance was, like, the size of a giant gorilla. So, you know. 
Yeah, uh, definitely strong stuff. And in terms of of blockbusters, it looks fucking amazing. Oh yeah, you can always yeah. give it that. Yeah, shout out to DP Larry Fong, who is still yet to make a movie I, I enjoyed all the way through. But God, that man knows how to work a camera. It's not his fault. It's not his fault. <laughs> um, but I hope he he reteams with Abrams for his Star Wars flick, Episode Nine. Yeah. That's that's neither here nor there. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, so he did episodes of Lost that you probably he enjoyed. did the pilot episodes of Lost, so... and those are also amazing. But that's. It's different because of time constraints and whatnot. Yeah. Oh, wait, Super 8? Super 8, yeah, I love Super uh, 8, mostly. So, Again, yeah. all the way through, there's there's some things in Super 8 yeah. I, I'm still unsure about. But okay. out of everything he shot, that's my favorite, for sure. Okay. Um, but now for uh, another quick little Thanksgiving-type segment. Which is which film characters would you want to have Thanksgiving with? Let's each pick two. Okay. You're, you're like stuck from this year? Couples. Who do you want like from this year or just anything? From this year. You, you do one, I'll do one, then we'll back and forth. Okay. Huh. You want me to go first again, don't you? Maybe. Okay. Oh, you know, I'll, I'll go first. I would want Alfred Pennyworth. You see what? Alfred Pennyworth? Uh-huh. He would have, uh, you know, I would probably make him cook because he's a very good cook. <laughs> In the comics and in the movies, um, I would want the Michael Caine version, of course. Well, no, no, from this year, from this year. Okay, from this year. Yeah. Okay. Oh, there wasn't any Alfred this year, huh? No. Uh, well, Jeremy Irons. Yeah. You, well, I guess you can still pick his Alfred's like the best part of BVS. <laughs> I like the Michael Caine Alfred. I'm just gonna choose again. I'll let you go first. Okay. <laughs> um, I'd pick uh, Thor. Okay. Actually, because I feel like Thor is such a lovable dude. Even though they kind of like dumped him down for Thor Ragnarok, he's still very noble. He's passionate. He cares about his friends and people a lot. And uh, in the first Thor, if it proved anything, if anyone walks away from anything in that movie, which you should walk away with a lot, uh, Thor is apparently a very good drinking buddy. So I feel like that would be a blast and a half to have him over Thanksgiving. Just eat like 10 turkeys together, a couple Mm -hmm. hams. Okay. Chug some some ale. Yeah, yeah, that could be a good time. Hey, would you want Henry from the Book of Henry to be your second guess? No, because then he would like just be <laughs> belittling to everyone, and then he would say shit like, "Oh, well, you know, like indigenous peoples, blah 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 blah." And then yeah. he would like, but he would be like really cynical about it. Like, yeah. I didn't even bring up good points. I'd be like, "Yeah, I agree with you, Henry. Colonialism is bad. Uh-huh. Uh, systemic racism and genocide is something that needs to be dealt with." Yeah. And then he'd say, like, oh, but there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> and then he'd be really, no, no, I would, mm-hmm. I'd kill Henry. I'd kill Henry again. Oh, he's, he's dead already. Yeah, I'm glad he's dead. Jesus. Little funny. fucking shit. Good actor, well, though. He'll Not do your taxes. <laughs> okay, sure. I, I'll kill him after he does my taxes. Okay. But what's All your, right, well. uh, yeah. Oh, what's your second character? Oh, was that your character? No, God, no! I would never choose fucking. Okay, yeah, yeah, that um, a Thor, and then you, you, you technically haven't gone yet because there's no. Oh, do you want me to go? Yeah, yeah, I had one. I have uh, Maurice from from more of the Pine the Apes. Oh, that's a good one. He's a gentle soul, and I don't know. He would, uh, he could kind of talk, right? Yeah, he has kind eyes. Yeah, he's kind of. Uh, he could sign, and kind of speak. So I mean, he would have good conversation. I would assume. I mean, I would hope so. I've been inviting him, but yeah, I know he's a he is a very gentle character, and I would love to serve him a nice meal. Oh, I really like that choice. That's a good choice. Mm-hmm. My soft spot. <laughs> okay, um, I was gonna I was gonna choose a weird one, but I decided not to. I was gonna choose the boss baby, but I'm not I'm not gonna do that. Why? I mean, yeah. you can. I don't. I don't think I actually want to do that because then I feel like I, I don't want a capitalist drone at my. Uh, at my baby though. Yeah, I know, but he's a capitalist drone, dude. Yeah, you have to watch the it. boss baby. It's capitalism is evil, and it, it has a, a heartwarming message about family. So, uh, I I would take. Um, I, oh my god! I was. Oh, is it cheating if I say like the entire cast of the Big Sick? 
Uh, no, I, guess, I don't know. Okay, well, then I'll, I'll take the entire cast to Big Sick. Because the entire cast. Everyone Ray Romano. Especially, especially Ray Romano. Especially Ray Romano. I'm so good in that movie. Mm-hmm. And then I'd be like, everybody loves you. They do. Yeah. And and that's that's a horror movie. But if I have to just use one, then um I'd go with Aunt May, actually, from Spider Man Homecoming. Oh, okay. That's a good choice. Because she works hard and Peter doesn't give her enough credit and he just lies to her all the time. I'd be like, you know what? Let someone do something for you once. You just sit down, relax with, with my uncle Thor, and <laughs> Uncle just, Tony. Uh, uncle, T- no, Tony's on. Tony's a creep around her for whatever reason, so he's staying away. Mm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh my God! You know, what? I scrap everything. I'm I'm taking Korg. Korg. Okay. I'm taking Korg. Yeah, I was like, why didn't you choose Korg? What's up, man? I'm Korg. This is Meeks. We brought Thanksgiving turkey. You could take Meeks too. <laughs> Those are my two choices. There you go. Korg and Meeks. And then mm-hmm. Meeks just cuts up the food with his knife hands. Uh-huh. Oh, hell yeah. There you go. That's my Thanksgiving dinner right there. And Korg with a little, like, uh, uh, I don't know, what's that? Apron? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, you have a nice pick? Yeah, I would choose um, my last choice was Yondu. Oh, that's great. He wouldn't be dead, preferably. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, he uh, he would carve up the turkey with his arrows, and he would—I don't know—he would uh, be an interesting person to have at the table. I mean, he's mellowed out a bit. It seems like, and he's humbled. He's humbled. He's yeah, humbled, and then he dies. I mean, I wouldn't hope that that's how the dinner would go, but I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I think uh, I think he would have a good time. He would bring some interesting alcohol. Um, he would maybe get into a fight with someone. I, I don't know. He just, I just imagine him slamming on the table and be like, these boys said they wanted to eat you. <laughs> <laughs> to the turkey. Yeah. <laughs> they ain't never tasted Karen before. <laughs> he's just like yelling all drunkenly. Yeah, yeah, you know that that would be uh, he'd be a thrill to have. I I would gladly you know bring him to my <laughs> yeah. Film. I mean, to to his credit too, Yondu. You know, he was never a quote unquote good dad, but he he never learned how to be a good person, and he did the best he could. And I think that's a right. that's a very tragic circumstance of Yondu's life, and why you know it's it's a complicated emotion. Was was he great? person no but he did the right thing in the end and that's gotta count for something yeah so maybe he he, he would give you a great thanksgiving dinner yeah all right i, I like that and the transition i guess we're just we're just fan of the marvel characters this year because they all feel like like i'm looking at like my top 15 movies of the year and mm-hmm. it's like alien covenant blade runner 2049 logan it's like i don't want any of these people near me yeah like, oh my god! Uh, but that's a, this is a nice transition with the Marvel stuff into uh, our final discussion of the episode: Thor Ragnarok, or rather, Thor Ragnarok. It's not funny. I thought it was funny. I I worked really hard on that actually. So whatever. Um, <laughs> so Gene, you love the Thor movies. They are in fact your favorite of the no. Marvel Cinematic Universe. No, not not really. So with high expectations like that. Did Thor Ragnarok live up to yours? Uh, I I um, didn't. Ha- I mean, I loved all the trailers for Thor coming out as they were coming as they were as they were when I was watching them. I don't know if I was, you know, uh, letting my Thor hate for all the other two. I mean, not hate, but kind of disappointment affect it. But I mean, I went in open minded, and I was really surprised that the film. Uh, made me enjoy it as much as it did. It made me, uh, uh, you know, surprised me a lot with uh, some of the choices it made. It had a Led Zeppelin song, so I have to give it props for that. The best song of their uh, of all their albums, the Immigrant Song. So, yeah, I mean, I, I love that film. Um, and Thor Ragnarok was very a uh, Pleasant surprise for me. 
Yeah, uh, I'm a huge fan of the first Thor, not a fan of the second Thor at all anymore. Uh, Loki stuff's still good. We always talk about it. Like, for whatever reason, the Loki stuff is is always quality. And so props mm-hmm. to them for continuing that trajectory. Uh, who also has a nice little arc in Thor Ragnarok, even. Uh, this full spoiler discussion is a review I uploaded on here. Uh, thanks to everyone to check that out. Uh, not spoilers at all in that one. So just... Uh, I want to talk about what the movie's actually like about about and yes. it's about uh the personification essentially of the sins of colonialism and imperialism and also Thor and Loki having to confront the sins of their father like mm-hmm. the literal sin of their father and their sister Hela which yeah. is uh some people had that spoiled for them especially with like an interview that happened in Australia oh. so, uh, someone mentioned that like oh you know like she's playing your your sister and then Everyone was just like, oh. <laughs> yeah, Easy. I avoided that, thankfully. Yeah, I also uh, was unaware of that going in. So when they mentioned that, I was like, wait, hang on, what? That's, that's kind of a cool, um, cool thing. It's not, it's not a huge moment or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And I actually think some of my issues, smaller issues with the movie, are in how maybe sometimes moments could sit a little bit longer yeah. emotionally. But they hit anyways. They hit like they need to. Maybe not as much as I want them to, but they hit exactly where they need to. And I think that's also quality and testament to director Taika Waititi, who has just an impeccable record with balancing tone and character and everything. But I was really caught off guard with what Hela was representing in the movie. And uh, a very interesting twist that Ragnarok is actually the saving grace of, of the movie and how, you know, like they're, they're, they built this empire on tainted soil and, and, and war crimes essentially and lost lives. And so mm-hmm. with a foundation like that, you can't sustain itself. So you got to burn it all down and start again. Do you remember a couple of years ago when Kevin Feige was like, Oh yeah, Thor Ragnarok's going to be the winter soldier of the Thor movies. I do not remember that. Actually. Okay, he said that uh, after that big phase three announcement where they're like, here are all the movies we're doing. And then they got Spider-Man back like a year later and they're like, okay, here's all the other movies we're doing. <laughs> well, um, after that announcement, he made it clear that this is going to be the, the heaviest Thor. This is going to be the one that changes the game. And it, it kind of is without actually being that heavy. You know, it's very, it's not fluffy. There's like, purpose and themes and characters and stuff it's not a pointless movie by any means but like the rhythm of it it's very uh, poppy it just moves from moment to moment and god bless it it's like the fastest two hours of the year for me yeah that movie just moves thankfully um but when uh when i first walked out of it i was like it wasn't really the winter soldier at all and then thinking back and after my second viewing of it um it it, it kind of is uh, where the Winter Soldier realized that S.H.I.E.L.D. was also built on tainted ground, it wiped the slate clean. It realized that S.H.I.E.L.D. itself was a faulty structure, not just the people in it, but the ends justifying the means mentality was leading to many not good things. And so Captain America laid that all to waste, you know, for better yeah. and for worse. And so the destruction of Asgard, again, spoilers, um, so Thor and Loki and the survivors can rebuild their society properly mm. i think is a very interesting connective tissue that i i never would have expected from the two yes i mean uh but Asgard was never the uh it was never the land it was the people <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah which i also really liked and and uh also the movie ends with thor and the surviving as guardians as refugees so the next thor has to be about the refugee crisis and I'm not just joking about that. I think that would be a very interesting uh, dilemma to discuss in something like the Marvel mm-hmm. Universe. But that's, maybe we could save that discussion for a little later in the show. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I called it a really ballsy film. I'm glad it took those risks of uh, kind of going on a very uh, relevant subject matter and... Um, you know, leaving the Asgardians in that uh, in that place that they're in right now, um, that you'll probably see in Infinity Wars, uh, Infinity Infinity War. I mean, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I really commend it for that as well. Yeah, um, 
and shout out to Jeff Goldblum for just being the smoothest dude ever and just yeah, yeah like Grandmaster. it's so fucking weird there's a whole the whole Sakar stuff is just like pure sci-fi giddiness mm-hmm. like uh, I know some people said it kind of resembles Guardians of the Galaxy but I mean I'd say like not really like it's weird and all these movies are like when they really commit to the Jack Kirby roots of it and the, uh, the weird cosmic fantasy stuff. Sure. They're, they're similar, but only cause that's Jack Kirby. Jack Kirby was weird as fuck and he was a legend, you know, yeah. his ideas are great. Mm-hmm. Um, and along with, uh, with all that stuff, I'd say it's, it's also the most Jack Kirby movie ever made. Like in terms of design aesthetics, like it looks like his stuff sprung to life, you know, with all like, the weird cubic art and the, the symmetry of the circles mm. and the structures. Like it looks like um, one of those poppy panels. Yeah. I mean, cool. until you get like a new gods movie, I think it's the most Jack Kirby thing. Oh yeah. I, I really, I would like that in the future. I don't know who would even do that, but yeah, it's, it's, it, it's quality stuff. Oh, for sure. Uh, what did you think of Hulk? I was very glad that I was very Glad that Hulk's talking now, because uh, Hulk talking is, you know, uh, just a Marvel staple in his broken English. <laughs> and uh, he was used, you know, he was uh, used well. Um, he had his own, he had his own arc. Uh, in the film, you know, uh, he was left in a very interesting place after uh after Avengers, and I'm glad that they did take him into space, which was kind of hinted at at the ending. But then they were like, "Oh, it's not. I don't know if we should do that." And, like, and then they changed their mind, thankfully. And I, I, I maybe saw a little too much of the Hulk, just his ass. Didn't need to see that. <laughs> but everything else was fine. Just didn't want to see a Hulk ass, you know. <laughs> um, it's not Trek or something. Yeah, thankfully. But uh, yeah, the I, I really like what they do with the Hulk too, mm. and I'm 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 give or take on the Hulk talking. I think it, it could either work wonders like it does here, or it could fall flat on its face, like in Avengers Assemble, a cartoon series I've seen all of two episodes of, and it's 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 pretty abysmal. Right. And Hulk talks in it, so just uh, avoid that if you have to, or you should rather. Yeah. Um, yeah. Watch uh, Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes instead. Yes, definitely watch that instead. Yeah. But yeah, I really like this too. And uh, you know what a big fan I am of Age Voltron and what they do with the Hulk in that movie. Mm-hmm. And there's a genuinely like touching, sad moment when the Hulk starts transforming back into Bruce Banner. And I was uh, that caught me off guard too. A lot of these little things caught me off guard in the movie. Nothing yeah. groundbreaking. Uh- I'll, I'll agree with that because that's uh you know it's a very interesting thread that the because the Hulk and Bruce Banner sometimes have this uh kind of uh competition for who's the dominant one mind wise and they kind of hate each other sometimes so I'm glad that they played that up as well because you know if you're sharing your mind with someone you know it would be a very difficult experience yeah and uh, mind and body. And so uh, Bruce Banner's little arc there where, you know, he's ultimately a hero. He's a, good, he's a good man. And the Hulk can be a hero, but that's definitely not his intention all the time. You're right. Um, well, I mean, he's, he's kind of childish. Yeah, and uh, I, I, that's also something I want to mention. I, I really like the thread that he's, um, he's basically learning, like a child would, to speak more and how to, like, to act. I think that's why it works for me, because in the two years that he's been the Hulk, he's... Um, He's been able to to grow and learn like a child would, but you know, in Hulk speak, and so he's like a slower rate. Well, also, it's just a weird. There's a weird dichotomy about how much maybe he could learn, how much he could, and like where does Bruce Banner start, where does the Hulk end, sort mm-hmm. of thing that I, I really enjoyed. And uh, Hulk, or Bruce Banner's arc to where um, after he's back as Bruce Banner, like you know, people still need help. People still need the Hulk. Is that more important than his own desire to just remain Bruce Banner? You know, mm-hmm. like maybe like on a quick instant he'd be like, "Oh no, he needs to help people," but then if that costs him his his own agency, like, is that okay? You know, like is it okay if he doesn't want to do that? Right. 
And it kind of leaves that question up in the air because ultimately Bruce Banner is a good enough person that he will sacrifice his own agency to help other people. Even if it ends with him crashing onto a bridge in like the funniest fucking moment like of the entire movie for me. I laughed so hard. And uh, Bruce Banner surprisingly landing on the call back. Bridge. Yeah, surprisingly call back to Incredible Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> That's the second reference of it since the movie. Yeah. I think, I don't know. I think they just forgot. And that's okay, because Universal has the rights. Yeah. So, whatever. And Mark so Ruffalo, also uh, not afraid to call out Universal on, uh, on their rights uh, discussions. So. Did, that, did that happen recently? Yes, uh, I'll plug it into the to the episode. But there's a, this wonderful little interview. Someone asked him about a Hulk movie yet again, Mark Ruffalo, and he says like, "Oh, okay. Well, we, we went to Universal, and they said no, and so we're gonna do a uh, th- uh, Hulk movie, and it's gonna come in three movies. So take that, Universal. Like you could have had a piece of this, but you said no. And like he, he's <laughs> oh, it's great. Good. It's great. I'm gonna cut out yeah. this segment and add the clip here. It, it's uh, it's you'll love it. You'll love it. Okay. Um. So yeah, uh, the movie ends in glorious fashion between a fight between Hela and Thor and Asgardian zombies and a giant wolf and Surtur who looks like a Balrog of Morgoth from Lord of the Rings. And oh my god, I haven't even mentioned Tessa Thompson being like the greatest human being on the face of the planet. She was a cool character. Yeah, I love Valkyrie and I love that they didn't force like a romance thing between her and Hulk and Thor. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of maybe hinted at once or twice, but not really. Yeah, it was like, I mean, they're, they're both just hot. So they're just yeah. like, you know, maybe like side-eyeing or something. But it's nothing, it's nothing heavy in there, which I, I really appreciated. And I'm yeah. sure I like Jane Foster in the first Thor. And I know other people were not a fan of that character. So I'm sure they just decided to step away from that entirely. Mm. It's fine. Um, and Tessa Thompson for a Valkyrie trilogy, yes? Uh yeah sure. All right, I have no idea what you even do with that, but someone should do that. Uh, any last thoughts on on the movie? Any last little moments or things you want to bring up before we just end it with our overall thoughts on the movie? Uh, do you feel like Loki is redeemed, or he's just good enough? I guess to not let everyone die. I I think it's the movie deals with surprisingly complicated relationships and emotions that I, I really appreciate. Um, and I think nothing is more complicated in the Marvel Cinematic Universe than Loki. Because mm-hmm. uh, he's he's been a villain, but look back at like Thor and Thor the Dark World. He's never been out for Asgardian blood except for Thor. Right. He's never he's never wanted to hurt his people. He's wanted to prove to his father himself and everyone else that he can be a good leader. Yeah. And so I think be good enough, I guess. Yeah. So maybe good enough, but that's like why in the Avengers where he's like, Oh, well I got to rule something. So I'm going to rule over earth. You know, like he's like a petty child. And, um, and I think he's, he's learned and, you know, Thor calls him out in this movie. Like, you know, you're never going to change. You're going to be who you are and I'm going to be who I am. And that's just, that's just the way things are. And maybe, that's not the way things always are going to be. Um, and there's that wonderful little moment at the end where he, after Thor loses an eye and he looks just like Odin, which is fantastic. You know, he tosses that little stone. He's like, ah, oh, if you were here, I might even hug you. And then he's there. And he tells yeah. Thor, I'm here. Yeah. That's, that's a wonderful little moment and a nice culmination of the arc between the two brothers. Now, for Loki's arc in the MCU... That might be a little weird because two appearances ago they were making parables to Hitler with him. So right. I can understand people having mixed emotions about that. I can, I can leave that idea to Loki having succumbed to madness because by the end of Thor, he's just fucking crazy. Yeah. And then in the Avengers, he's like, like what does Bruce Banner say? Like he's as crazy as a bag of cats. His uh, mind's a bag of cats. But yeah, and, I mean, uh, in, yeah, like Civil War, it killed like 118 people in the battle, so. Yeah, so like, I, I could see where the issues come. It, it basically comes up to what happens with Infinity War with the character. Yeah. And I really hope that they just don't negate the ending because the post credit scene, the first one, is Loki and Thor looking out into space and being like, well, nothing can ruin this for us. 
and then a giant <laughs> ship that is I mean that's basically what they say. Yeah. And then a giant one hundred percent Thanos is uh comes into into the display and it overtakes their ship essentially. It doesn't do anything like uh proactively attacking them, just the imagery is clear as day that that is bad and yeah. things should be concerned. Uh, and I really hope that it doesn't just end or open with them having destroyed the Asgardian ship and Thor, the last survivor. Well, I guess he wouldn't be the last survivor anyways because of Hulk and Valkyrie and mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, yeah, I'm sure that he'll get separated from them. Yeah, I hope that someone's just like, hey, Thor, you got to check out this thing. Remember those Infinity Stores you were looking for? Oh, we found some over here, like a nowhere. And then, like, nowhere gets, like, fucking destroyed and he's on it. But his people are safe, you know? Like... Mm-hmm. Like I, I very much don't want them to just like retcon this immediately as Infinity Wars opens. But I also have a theory on that, where I my thing on Infinity War Part One and Two is yeah. that the first part is like you know the the search for the Infinity Stone throughout the cosmos on Earth, and like everyone's gonna die at some point, and then Thanos is gonna reset the universe, and then Part Two is like Avengers: It's a Wonderful Life where everyone's in, like, different situations and weird things. They have no memory of their previous lives. And then someone, like Doctor Strange or something, um, has to, like, run throughout the universe and be like, hey, guys, remember, we're not actually... This isn't real. This isn't our real lives. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. That's my theory on that. So then everyone's going to die, like, right off the bat, and then they'll just not have them die. Yeah. I don't know. That That's a whole separate thing. Uh, okay. But also, did you hear about the original uh, post-credit scene with the Grandmaster, Jeff Goldblum? Uh, I might have. I refreshed my memory. Okay, so Jeff Goldblum's Grandmaster and um, Rachel House's Topaz, his henchwoman, also Taika Waititi's uh, consistent uh, actress collaborator. Uh, go watch Hunt for the Wilderness People if you want to see her crack you the fuck up. She's so funny in that. <laughs> yes, um, she is. They, uh, they're hiding on the Asgardian ship. They snuck on board the ship. Somehow. Oh, okay, yeah, that's right. And then uh, he's like, the Grandmaster's like, well, I haven't heard of this Earth place, but we better keep a low profile anyways. And like, that seems like such a fun post credit scene. Like, oh my God, that character on Earth? Mm-hmm. That'd be fun. Yeah. I mean, it still could happen. Who knows? But um, yeah. yeah. Uh, or he meets his brother, the collector. Oh yeah, that has to happen at some point. Yeah. Like that just that would be too good of a villain pairing not to have. You know, yeah, because I mean, it was confirmed that they are related. So, okay, that for in the cinematic universe, that's good. Yeah. Okay, I I really like that. And here, what movie would you want to see them be the villains of? Because I really want to see them as as Marvel villains, uh, but not like Guardians. Not like mustache twirly. Okay, like a future Guardians. Yeah. Um. With volume three, yeah. Okay, that would that would be very different. Mm-hmm. So sure, why not? I? Huh? I didn't even consider that for whatever reason. So, cheers to you for that, Gene. Thanks. Uh, in terms of Marvel rankings, this is the last thing. Then we got to wrap up the show. Where mm-hmm. is Thor Ragnarok for you? Um, it's it's up there. I think it's like maybe in the top ten, top five, even. Yeah, yeah, for me it's like top top 5, top 6, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, cuz I really love the top 5 a lot. Guardians 2, which is just one of my favorite movies ever now. Age of Ultron, yeah. Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, Iron Man 3, Avengers, The First Thor, Captain America. I I really love all those. Uh Thor Thor is definitely up there comfortably along Age of Ultron or something. <laughs> Winter Soldier. Yeah. And Iron Man 3, basically the, the good Marvel sequels. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, cheers to everyone. Be very proud of this one because it's also a blockbuster that feels distinct, like it's come from a, a creative group of people who really were passionate and loving what they did, and it, it totally shows on screen. I didn't know I needed Thor set to synth soundscapes and <laughs> the greatest Led Zeppelin song in the history of the world. So, yeah. God bless you. That's a hell of a movie. <laughs> Gene, where can the people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Gene9892. And you can find me on Twitter as well at D-E-W-G-O Waffles. Like and subscribe. Check out the Waffle Press. And if you didn't like, like and subscribe. 
anyways, because you might find something you do like. Well, check us out on YouTube, the Twitter sphere, uh, Patreon, where we're, we're, we need some monies to make shows and, and commentaries, which we're doing, and, and whatnot. And uh, we got a bunch of Star Wars stuff coming out for The Last Jedi. I know everyone else is doing it, but we're going in-depth retrospectives. Um, fun Justice League episode coming up, so check that out. Uh, please like and share. It really helps the show in a big way. So thank you very much for listening. Thanks for watching. We have been professionally unprofessional. Yes.